back in the day, we'd actually build the roller coaster, take it apart, ship it to the park, and put it back together. Um, now, with technology, a lot of it is just computer-based. You can have models, and you actually have video footage of what the ride would look like. Uh, it still blows my mind how we can design an attraction on a computer, and you build the pieces, and you put it together, and it fits 100% correct. And that's why Jonathan's in engineering, and I just run the ride. It's, it's up to me if it would go in backwards. Watching the pieces go into place, and it's perfect, it is, it's just unreal how technology has progressed so much. Hi, I'm Cindy Simmons, and this is See the World with Cindy Simmons. So the whole goal of this podcast is to take you on an eye-opening journey and see the world through the lens of animal rescue, care and conservation, thrilling family adventures, and interesting people. So one of our first podcast episodes, hopefully you remember, was about what it takes to create amazing theme park rides and learn about what SeaWorld was unveiling back in 2022. But they didn't stop there. 2022 was amazing for thrill rides at SeaWorld, right? But we're in 2023 now, and it is going to be epic. So today, we're going to go inside the innovation process and do all the behind the scenes to learn how SeaWorld brings the fastest, coolest, and most innovative thrill rides to life. So today, we have double the fun. We have two guests joining us, Jonathan Smith and Rob McNicholas. Hi, guys. Hey, it's great to be with you. All right. So, Jonathan, why don't we start with you? Kind of give me what your fancy schmancy title is at SeaWorld. I'm the corporate vice president of Rise and Engineering at SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment. And my responsibility essentially is to oversee attraction development and specifically with rides, ride equipment at all 12 of our SeaWorld parks in North America. And if you really want to simplify kind of what I do, I'm, I'm essentially responsible for any new attraction or major mod um, from concept napkin sketches all the way through opening a new attraction. All right, Rob, what about you? All right. So so as the uh, the, the vice president of operations at SeaWorld Orlando, uh, my office is actually in the park. So so I'm boots on the ground. I'm in there and, and it's me and my team. Uh, that, that we get the pleasure of operating these amazing tractions that Jonathan and his team develop. Okay, so listen, both of you, that's great. I know you said what your titles are, but when you're at parties, are you just like, yeah, I work for SeaWorld and basically I create all of the roller coasters. Yeah, at the parties or social <laughs> gatherings, we're kind of <laughs> like the cool kids at the club, right? So um, it's very easy for us to kind of talk about our positions and engage and get people really interested. So. Um, they're they're definitely uh, definitely easy easy way to to get get your get your name known and get get around. I need to know though because how does someone get that job that you're doing? You no, know, it it's not as crazy as you would think. Uh, I started um, in the year 2000. I'm aging myself here um, as a ride operator in Virginia, Bush Gardens, Virginia. I was a competitive swimmer my entire life, so I was going to be a lifeguard. I was going to work at the Jersey Shore. Why Jersey? I don't know. <laughs> Um, and then I figured out great whites are off the coast of New Jersey in the summer. So I wasn't going to be a lifeguard anymore. And I heard Bush Gardens, Williamsburg was hiring and I was like, yeah, okay, let's go up there. Um, got the job, uh, worked as a operator at Alpengeist. Um, and quick story, uh, my, my costume was little black shorts, a red and white checkered shirt, um, 
lederhosen with hearts on them, brown boots, and red socks. So 16-year-old me is not looking that cool. Um, but something got in me, right? I was like, this is really cool. I want a place where people go to get away from everyday life, right? So went to college, got a degree in hospitality tourism management, um, worked my way up through the ranks, and here I am. And when I say it's not that uncommon, so many of us in this company and, and in this industry started as a frontline person, whether selling popcorn, parking cars, whatever it may be, and we just couldn't get away. So I have been with this company now 23 years, worked at three different parks. And, uh, you know, there's stresses, there's, there's challenges, but um, it's, it's, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Man, that's really cool. All right, Jonathan. So what about you? Was this something you always wanted to be when you grew up? Yeah. So I'd say ever since I was a college student, I've always had an interest in the theme park and amusement park world. and. And college was pretty, pretty big experience for me because while in college, I was able to develop and maintain some key industry relationships, um, which really helped grow my passion for the industry. Um, it was when I had a, an engineering co-op in Williamsburg, Virginia. I was working as an engineering student at the adjacent brewery from Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. And so while living there, I had a chance to get to know some of the, the key engineering managers and uh, key players at Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. And I was also able to develop some relationships with some of the folks at the corporate office. And it was from that time that I, I consciously made a decision that I was really interested in pursuing a career as a theme park engineer. Uh, maybe maybe in lieu of being like a super cool, uh, super sexy, I can say that now, mm-hmm. um, a ride manufacturer or supplier. And so, you know, from that, you know, you can fast forward from from my time as a college student. I, you can say I was very lucky and fortunate to be able to work in, in the engineering department at Bush Gardens Williamsburg as a project manager, which uh, eventually led into my current role working at the corporate office for SeaWorld Parks Entertainment. So I will get Instagram messages. I'll get tweets, Facebook messages, all the things about, all right, kind of give me some scoop on the rides. And I always say, nope, you're going to have to wait for the podcast. So it's a new year. I know that there are new rides coming this year. I want to start with SeaWorld Orlando because this is my home. And I heard that there's a cool one coming and it might have something to do with my childhood. So I'm like a little extra excited about it. So tell me about the roller coaster that is coming to SeaWorld Orlando. Yeah, so we're excited to debut three new exciting attractions at our SeaWorld parks in North America. So in Orlando, um, we're going to be inviting dudes and dudettes to hang loose on what we call Pipeline the Surf Coaster. It is the world's first surf coaster. And if you think about what is a surf coaster, what what kind of experience uh, am I really going to get myself into? Wait, are we going to be surfing? Yes, you are going to be surfing on a giant, gnarly surfboard and it's going to feel like you are right there you're riding the waves different wave elements you are going to be the expert surfer here at SeaWorld Orlando my goodness you just said gnarly and now you are my new best friend because SeaWorld Orlando is my home but I grew up going to Santa Monica Beach and Zuma Beach in California so surfing has always been a part of my life and I took surf lessons one time and I feel like that makes me an expert now so I feel like I might be able to use my mad surfing skills when I ride Pipeline, the surf coaster. So when is that opening? Are you allowed to say? 
Yeah, so we're going to be inviting our surfers to experience Pipeline to Surf Coaster this spring. So it's coming up. So be ready and be ready to experience these wave jumping motions and these gnarly surfing maneuvers. Like totally, dude. I'm so excited. That's my Valley Girl coming up. Just letting you know. All right. SeaWorld San Antonio. Let's stop there because I heard that we're getting a new uh, roller coaster there. What is that one? Yeah, so at San Antonio, we're inviting you to embark on a journey or a trip to the great outdoors um, where you're going to be challenged to brave sections of raging rapids. You're going to experience a large, steep drop. Um, and then you're going to experience the world's first launch on a flume coaster on Catapult Falls. Um, Catapult Falls has some pretty incredible elements to it, which you're going to love. You get to experience a 30 feet per second launch. You get to go up an 82 foot tall vertical lift and then drop on a 55 foot tall drop at a 53 degree angle. What? That is the steepest drop in the world. It's going to be incredible. Uh, it sounds like we're going to get wet. You are going to get wet and has great elements. Um, and what's awesome is this ride is perfect for the entire family. We feature a 42-inch um, tall minimum rider height. Um, oh. So if you think about like a 42-inch rider, I mean, that, that could be an older three-year-old or a young four-year-old. And so for all moms and dads, grandpas, grandparents, aunts, uncles, you can ride this attraction together. Get a little wet, as you know, in the hot Texas sun because it gets hot in Texas. And so to have this world record-breaking attraction open in our San Antonio Park, it's just going to be a fantastic experience for our guests. All right. So when is San Antonio getting this newest roller coaster? Yeah, we're going to be excited to open up Catapult Falls to our guests and to you in our trip this spring. So it is coming up here soon. So, so we got to get to planning. planning right? I was just going to say, we got to get to planning. So I mentioned earlier that Los Angeles is my home. So SeaWorld San Diego was my childhood go-to SeaWorld. So what are we getting at SeaWorld San Diego? So in San Diego, we draw inspiration from our SeaWorld rescue team, which you know all about. Yep. Um, it's, it's a team that's entirely dedicated to rescuing animals in distress. Um, which I should I should take the time to mention. I think to, to date, we've rescued over 40,000 animals. Yes, we and have. And so we invite you on a journey to the Arctic. The Arctic, we are on a snowmobile, and you're going to be launching through the Arctic, rescuing sea life and uh, checking out animals that could be in danger and how we can kind of, kind of bring them and guide them back into safety. Um, this ride features three launches. It's just under or just a little, I'm sorry, just a little bit over 2,800 feet of track. And you're on a snowmobile. I mean, where else can you ride a launched snowmobile in the Arctic except for at SeaWorld San Diego? It's going to be an incredible experience. Okay. And when is that one opening? Yeah, we are going to be opening Arctic Rescue this spring. So it's coming up. Uh, so it's going to be in the spring. When you, you know, when you think about spring, you don't think about going to the Arctic, but you can do that here in San Diego. Is this something like as a little kid, you're just like, oh, that would be a cool roller coaster. Because where do you get the inspiration for these rides? That, that is a great question and something that we do get asked uh, from time to time. Um, we look at rider demographic and the park portfolio and what kind of attractions that might be missing. Uh, we certainly review our ride collection at each of our parks and ask ourselves what's going to thread the needle between what our attractions already offer and what is missing and which will provide a great, powerful guest experience. 
Another thing we try to, to, to look at is we want to maintain a great attraction mix and have a, a, a fine balanced set of attractions uh, that our guests can experience. And so we really, we really want to have a great attraction mix and also connect people with nature and give them a deeper appreciation of the natural world around them. Um, when you speak about attraction development, too, the, the other thing I can kind of point out and kind of get into the geeky engineering details a little bit is, you know, this industry is constantly adapting um, and it's an adapting at a tremendous pace. And that is one ample and ample opportunity and challenge that we have to wrestle with, uh, especially right now on, on, on almost daily and weekly basis. And so in, in order to open up amazing attractions like Pipeline to Surf Coaster or Catapult Falls, we have to stay in tune with our trusted vendors, uh, whether it's a ride manufacturer or another consultant that we work closely with at our parks. And one of the key points that I, I always uh, try to maintain is we have to maintain strong relationships and transparency, specifically with our ride manufacturers. And that is one uh, crucial key to stay on the cutting edge in our industry. And so you must develop very strong trust and transparency. Put yourself in a position where the vendor will want to pitch a new and incredible experience and attraction um, for our parks. And it's, this is a relationship industry. And it's very important to continue to build upon our trust and respect with our trusted vendors. So, Rob, I want to ask you, are you and Jonathan doing like work trips? You can visually see me doing the air quotes. Are you guys doing work trips and taking vacations to go research other coasters maybe out of the country? Yeah, no. So it's so funny you ask, you know, that this, uh, I'd say about couple months ago, um, Jonathan and I and a couple more members of our team went over to Europe, and uh, and the manufacturer for for Pipeline is based in Switzerland, so so we were able to uh, fly across the pond, as they say, um, and, and meet <laughs> with pip. the vendors and, and get our hands actually on um, this amazing ride vehicle. Now we did have some fun. You know, we had some dinner up in the Alps. Um, but we had some Swiss chocolates and some <laughs> European beers. That's always a plus. Uh, but yeah, no, we actually got to uh, meet with the vendor. And it's a great opportunity just to actually put your hand on the ride. Because, you know, it, you look at pictures, you look at drawings, you look at manuals. But when you're actually there, you see things differently. It's an opportunity to make some maybe some last minute tweaks or changes. Um, all while taking in the sights and sounds of beautiful Europe. I know we have some um, listeners in Europe. Uh, Zach's Adventures has been following us for a while. And I know that everyone, it doesn't matter where you live, gets so excited when there's a new coaster coming out. Something that I've always wondered, though. So what's the process when you're building these? Because, you know, like I'm sure with the surf coaster, I've never heard of like a, a, a surfing roller coaster before. So if it's like the first time that it's being built, like how what's the process on all that? Yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And Jonathan talked about you know, trust and relationships with these vendors, and that's key. Um, so so when, we, when we are designing or looking at a new attraction, um, it, it's, it's you know just pen to paper, thinking about what would make sense for the park. Um, and you reach out to these vendors and say, hey, we're, we're looking at doing something like this. You know, what are your thoughts? And, and working uh, with this manufacturer, specifically from Switzerland, um, it was a perfect fit. For SeaWorld, right? So when we're looking at what we want to add to our portfolio, um, nothing's better than a surf coaster at a at a park that's focused on the ocean, right? And, and the and the right. world around us. So um, working with them, 
um, and having those relationships is key. You know, th- th- there's stringent guidelines and, and requirements w- when we're designing attractions, whether it be uh, European standards or American standards and safety is of top of mind when we're, when we're designing these. So you want to have a thrilling attraction, but you want to have a really safe attraction. So working with the manufacturer um, and then it's, it's boots on the ground, you know, the, the, the installing the actual track itself, um, testing and, and, and getting close to opening. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into it, but, but this is not a, hey, we want to build a coaster next year. I mean, this is years in, in, the, in the making. Um, from pen to paper to the first thrilling ride. Do you build one of those, this is such a silly question, so bear with me, but do you build one of those like little, I don't know what you call it, like a a model, you know, like a model roller coaster so you can see what like the flow and what it's going to look like overall? Yes. So, you know, back in the day, right? So at the the early days of roller coasters, um, it, it's it's not as scientific as it is now, right? So a lot of the times they'd actually build the roller coaster, take it apart, ship it to the park, and put it back together. What? Um, now with technology, a lot of it is just actual um, is CAD drawings. It's actually all um, computer based, and, and they design these these attractions. And you can have models, and you actually have video footage of what the ride would look like on and off the ride vehicle. Um, and, and then you know it's. It's the technology, uh, it still blows my mind how we can design an attraction on a computer and you build the pieces and you put it together and it fits 100% correct. And that's why Jonathan's in engineering and I just run the ride because <laughs> it's up to me, it, it would go in backwards. Um, it's, it's watching the pieces go into place and it's perfect. It is, it's just unreal how technology has progressed so much. So where is it built then? So, so there's, there's, so the manufacturers in Europe, but they're actual, the track pieces, um, are actually constructed in the United States. Ah. Um, and then they're shipped this way, uh, you know, on flatbed trucks. So, so you may be driving down the I-4 in, in Florida and see a <laughs> flatbed truck with a coaster piece in the back. Um, and being, um, the coaster capital of Orlando, that's, that's not uncommon to see. Um, so yeah, it's, it's designed in Europe. It's built in the U.S., um, and it's put together here in Orlando. So you said when you were in Switzerland and you got your hands on the vehicle, what, what did you discover when you first got in the ride? Yeah. So, so when we, when we got there, I mean, it's a very, very large vehicle, uh, very impressive. Um, I was able to actually get into the restraint and pull it down and, and just, you know, kind of mimic what you would be like as a rider. And, you know, we want to make sure that one, it looks like a surfboard. So it, it physically looks like a surfboard and it has like a wax look to it. Like you just you kind of waxed your surfboard, but also it needs to be slip resistant, right? We want to make sure when you're on there and you're getting on or off that, that your feet are stable. So I'm in Switzerland with all of these engineers and vendors and I take my shoes and my socks off and what? I kind of rub my feet on the, uh, on the, on the surfboard because I want to make sure, of course, if you're, if you're in Florida, there's a good chance you're wearing flip-flops. Um, you can't ride this roller coaster wearing flip-flops. So you would take them off. Well, it, is it too rough? Does it feel okay? And, and thank Wait, we get to go was... barefoot on the ride? Yeah, of course. What? Now, you, now, Stop. now you should. I mean, you're probably, you came to the theme park, you're wearing shoes. But if you're wearing flip-flops and you're going on a roller coaster that goes upside down, you may come back without a flip-flop. So um, it's not an issue. So I want to make sure if you are that person in flip-flops coming to a theme park that, that your feet don't, you know, Get get injured or or slightly hurt. 
This is so cool. Okay. So speaking of Orlando, so how do you get SeaWorld Orlando like physically ready? How do you get the park ready for, say, Pipeline, the surf coaster, when it comes in the spring? Yeah. So, you know, we don't have a ton of land here at the park. You know, we're a big park, um, but it's it's really up to Jonathan and team to really work on how do we fit a new coaster into a park that doesn't have a lot of open space. And for this one, it, uh, we had an event pathway. We call it the event pathway because during Christmas, that was our Santa village. During Halloween, it was our candy trail. So first, we said, that's where it's going. That's great. Well, where do we put these uh, events now? So we had to work with our entertainment team to shift their plans without telling them why. Right? This is top secret what we're doing. But you need to do more work and shift the area. Um, and, and, then, and then we start construction. Right. And, and going into the planning process, we already hit on, but the actual execution now from, you know, Jonathan's done his part. Right. And now we have to actually work on the, the testing, um, whether it's the ride manufacturer who does the initial testing, they hand it over to us. We do weeks and months of testing, uh, but we also want to have our guests get excited. Right. So uh, we do lots of, um, of teasing pictures and videos. We have our ride vehicle. Uh, the coach, we call it, so the the, the first ride vehicle um, in display in the park. And, and we have it for guests to to see it, to ask questions, to get excited, because I think I can say this word, but it's the sexiest roller coaster I have ever seen. I mean, stepping up our podcast here. <laughs> I know. We got up the rating now, right? But it, it really is. It is so it, it's it's sexy. It's powerful. It's sleek. It's modern. Um and so when guests see it, it's not just your old mom and pop coaster. You sit in the train and, and there you go. This <laughs> thing is unbelievable looking. So, so just getting the marketing and the excitement. Um, so when we start the testing, the ride vehicles going, um, guests know what it is. And they say, you know what? Today was a great day at SeaWorld. I see that roller coaster. I see it coming. I think I'm coming back uh, in a couple months once the ride opens. Listen, Rob, just between us, who gets to ride it first? Is it you or Jonathan? <laughs> Unfortunately, neither of us get to ride it first. It's, it's the ride manufacturer. So, so, so they do their testing and they are the first ones. Um, we do get a little jealous. It, it's, uh, it's a little sad there. But shortly thereafter, so we go through a commissioning process where we, I, I use, the, the, I use the, the phrase, try to break the ride. Jonathan's probably looking at me like, what are you saying? But, but we do everything we can to make sure this ride is 100% safe. It's operating the way it should be. So, so, so we, you know, the, the ride vehicle's moving. I'm going to try to open the gates. And the gates shouldn't open, right? The load gates. So if, if, if I hit the open button and it doesn't go, that's great. All right, let's do the next braking test. Um, and after we feel 100% satisfactory, we have a ride commissioning team. And what? that's where Jonathan and I, our safety team, our maintenance team, get to hop on. And it's an important very important part of the process. It's not just to check the box and say, yeah, we rode. This is great. Thanks. It's really to go through and say, okay, did the ride operate the way it's supposed to? Uh, when we stopped, did it stop smooth? Did it stop too abruptly? Uh, is there anything that we need to update before we go to next steps of the commissioning process? So while it's really fun and I can't wait to ride this ride, um, there really is a, 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 a scientific reason i should say for that process in that ride okay listen i'm just going to get to my point 
where am I on that list? Like, where does the podcast host see the world with Cindy? My name's in it with Cindy's. Okay, so where where would I be on that list of ride testing? So I'm going to send you my Venmo. Uh, you can send me some money. And depending on how much it is, we'll see where you are on that list, if that works for you. <laughs> I'm no, but in all what you're putting down. After, that, after our commissioning process, uh, and we open up. So part of the commissioning is our, is our employees get to ride. So so that's great for them. You know, they work here. They see the process. They get to enjoy it and make sure everything goes really well, right? So we're buttoned up. And then it's our past members. So past members who um, who, who are our most loyal visitors, um, they get exclusive ride time. Um, and then as general public. So again, we'll see where you fall on that list, Cindy, but I trust I, we can get you out. I'm just going to say, I mean, if I could just say that I feel like I fall somewhere between, um, an, you know, a, a, an employee and a, a past member. So can we make this happen? All right. I'm not going to say, well, I guess I'm going to say on the call. Yeah. Let, let, let's shake under the table. We'll, we'll, yes. we'll get you on there. Yes. And you know, going back to our road trip, I think we could start with the pipeline and then head over to Texas for Catapult Falls, and then I can visit my hometown of San Diego so we could do Arctic Rescue. It could be like a little coaster road trip with all of us. You don't have to twist my arm. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I lived in San Diego for seven years too, so I miss the Mexican food. Oh, uh, me too. I miss the weather, so let's make it happen. All right, I'm in. So who is the person then that has to clean up all the things that fall out of everyone's pockets, money, you know, whatever. I mean, that could be a pretty penny there, pun intended. So, so we always say um, the coaster wins, right? It's like, if you're in Vegas, you, you, you may win a little bit, uh, but the, but the casino is going to win. Um, so in this case, pipeline wins. So in that case, do not bring, you know, keep your phone secure. Don't bring a camera, keep your loose articles away because you may write it one time, uh, but the second or third time when you're feeling you know, a little more gutsy, you're going to lose that. And then my team has to go out there at the end of the day and collect all those items. And if it's a cell phone, it may be a shattered cell phone when we find it later. So Oof. keep your loose articles secure. Okay. So Rob and Jonathan, before I let you go, you know, go do that difficult job of riding roller coasters. We always end our podcast with the same question. And I want each one of you to answer each of you. What is the best thing you have seen in the world? The best thing I've seen in the world. It could be work related. Um, it could be anything. It could be. You know what? I'm going to go to a recent, you know, our trip to Switzerland. Um, we're on top of the Alps, um, having a beer and some dinner. And you kind of have to pinch yourself to think that, is this real? Like, it, it, it looks fake. And there are literally cows walking by <laughs> with giant Swiss bells around their neck. I mean, it, 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 it couldn't be real, but it was. So I'm going to go to a recent thing, being in Switzerland, on the Alps with my good buddy, Jonathan. And um, wow, that was incredible. Oh, my goodness. I love that. All right, Jonathan, you are up. What is the best thing you have seen in the world? Um, you know, I have to say I have a large passion and love for my role at attraction development at SeaWorld. I also love being outdoors and experiencing a natural world. I love hiking. Um, I, I, when I grew up, I used to play ice hockey outside. I know we can't do that here in Orlando, Florida, but, but that was a thing, uh, at, least, at least in my childhood. So being outdoors is something I really appreciated. 
So when when you couple those two together, you know, SeaWorld has allowed me to to do that, to share both of those passions. And so I get to invite the public to connect with people in the natural world and also give them an appreciation of the world while enjoying a world class attraction. Um, so I, I think that's I think that's where I would go. And thank you both. This is I always say this every episode. Yeah, I love this episode. I think this is my favorite. I think it's because they're all my favorite. So thank you both for hanging out with us today. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm super excited about our road trip because all of this I am in. And being here at SeaWorld Orlando, I just, I love being able to see pipeline being built in person. And I got to tell you, my oldest daughter, Lily, she is my thrill seeker. So I know that she's super excited. And it just sounds like 2023 it's going to be the best year yet for thrills at it's going to be the best year yet for thrills at SeaWorld. I'm Cindy Simmons and join us on the next See the World. As always, make sure to check out SeaWorld.com and select your favorite park to stay in the loop on all of the great things happening at SeaWorld. And lastly, it would also mean the world to me if you subscribed, left a review, and then shared this podcast with all of your wonderful friends. Thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you next time.